It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the show, off and running live from Omaha, Nebraska. I am uh, in the lobby of the team hotel. It's the Hilton in downtown Omaha. Uh, Outside, we just had a monsoon of a rainstorm. I'm talking about a, what do they call it, a tadpole gagger, a gully washer. Frog strangler. uh, A frog strangler. And hopefully um, hopefully it's one of those things where we kind of got it out of the way. You know, um, and we won't get one of those where you have some sort of rain delay. But this time of year, you never know. I was, uh, you know, telling Everett when we talked to Everett Kennard, uh, the bus driver, <laughs> here a little bit ago, that I went through St. Louis yesterday, just a small detour to go downtown. I wanted to see the arch and see where the Cardinals play in their stadium downtown, so right next to each other. And Bill. <laughs> you could like I was within fifty yards of the the gateway arch and could not see it. That's how hard it was raining in downtown St. Louis yesterday. And you know, like those downtown areas, you know how they'll flood real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, like in these the the corners of the roads, these one way streets and the corners and stuff, and and it will just flood. Well, that's the way it was yesterday down there, and there were all these St. Louis Cardinals fans. Just I'm talking about scrambling to uh, get out of the rain and they were huddled like up under the entrances there in the concourse of the cardinal stadium yesterday it was a heck of a note and we just kind of had that kind of rain uh right here in omaha and hopefully we've gotten out of the way all right so thanks for tuning in live from omaha team hotel downtown we got game one of the championship series tonight and somebody who's familiar with championship series in omaha because he's coached in them and now he will oversee one as the athletics director at Mississippi State. John Cohen, AD here for the Bulldogs on your radio live from Omaha right now. Hey, John. Hey, how we doing, Matt? Doing great. I appreciate you giving me some time. You're checking the weather, huh? Oh, yeah, always. Listen, I was telling, you didn't hear this, but yesterday on my drive in, I came through St. Louis, and I intentionally, a little detour downtown, wanted to see the arch and where the Cardinals play. And when I pulled in there, one of these happened. <laughs> and there were thousands of Cardinals fans, like, under the overhangs of the interstate trying to get away from the – there was water, like, people walking knee-deep in water. I couldn't – I was 50 yards from the arch, and I couldn't see it. We get those kinds of pop-ups out here this time of year, don't we? We do. In the Midwest, you just they just come from out of nowhere. When I was at the University of Missouri, of course, this is way before you could pull out your cell phone, you, you had to call people when you were on the road to see if it was raining in that spot. So things have changed a lot, but certainly for the better. But, uh, yeah, this thing just jumped up on us, and I hope I hope they had a tarp down at Ameritrade. Yeah, or, or else it's soaking wet. <laughs> um, and it, it came quickly. Too, yeah, so hope yeah. So tarp was down. John, um, you know, I touched on this in introducing you. Not a stranger to a championship series. 2013, you were coaching that team here in a best two out of three UCLA What's different about a championship series? Yeah, Everything? I, I, I think it, it's all about where your arms are at that moment. Uh-huh. You know, the positional players are sore. They've been, you know, they played 70 ball games. You know, they're, they're, they're a little more tired. And people say, well, a professional player plays 162. What's the, the difference is you're playing at a different pace because you know every single game you play could be your last. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, not in this situation, playing the best two out of three. But, um 
there's a sense of urgency and, and when everything is urgent it takes more out of you every single day whether you're a player or a coach or, or a fan right um so yeah I, I think there's a lot on the line here that's why you know even in professional baseball when you get into the playoffs you see things that you haven't seen all year in the regular season i'm having a hard time myself balancing a couple of things that are, that i observe and see okay and on one hand is there are more state fans here and will be than there were in 2013, and there's a different attitude amongst everybody. It's different. There's an edginess. People are here to win, and that is it. Okay, and I feel that. I sense it. And on the other hand, I know what Vanderbilt is, and I know what Jack Leiter is, and he didn't have to pitch against NC State. They canceled that game, and now he's going to pitch against us. I, I know they've had five number one recruiting classes in six years, and – I don't know what to do with all that. <laughs> well, well, we we all know this. If you're going to look at this logically, there's a reason for all of it. Um, I think you've pretty well documented that reason. Um, you know, they're they're an, an indomitable force in college baseball right now. There's a very good reason for it. Tim Tim Corbin does a great job with that program. He he does work very very hard. The preparation he does with players is great. But you know, I mean, there's an inherent advantage that exists. We're all aware of it. Um, that doesn't mean our kids are going to back down or not compete their hard out and that has nothing to do with what's going to happen on the field tonight what it has to do with is the future and uh, you know it's disappointing for me I you know I'm talking to Brad Bohannon this morning a former assistant of mine who's the head coach at the University of Alabama they got 11.7 at the University of Alabama and you know at Mississippi State we're fortunate you know we well, there's some things that we can cobble together um, but you know I always go back to this when we get into this discussion what would happen in Alabama if just one minute the Auburn folks were convinced they had one more scholarship in football than you know than their than their rivals or or at Mississippi State and Ole Miss if if somebody was convinced we had one more scholarship you know we got 86 to their 85 people would lose their minds but in some reason you know in college baseball it's not as big a factor um, again I, I'm not taking anything away from anybody in this and I'm not trying to go down this rabbit hole I'm not trying to make excuses but I. I, I, I have no problems with the people we're competing against who might have these kinds of advantages. I just want them for ourselves. Yeah. I just want to, everything to be level, even playing field, and, of course, they're not. It, it, you know, there are loopholes in this. But, um, you know, again, what an unbelievable challenge for our players. I mean, if our players win this, it's going to be for one reason. It's because they out-competed a team that, that has been built with – an incredible amount of resources yeah. um and if they know they win this they're gonna know that they won because they they out competed out worked out out everything so I, I think in that way it's a very positive thing um but i do think there's some things out there that need to be addressed um in this world sure yeah and, and just to touch on it one more one more thing um i think it's significant when the sec commissioner said which he did i'm not it's not a hypothetical he he said it in the interview on the piece that i did i think it's significant when a guy like greg sankey says it's time for us to be looking past the old equivalency model of scholarships i mean there's not a more powerful guy in college athletics than him and i guess what i'm saying is do you agree and and why can't somebody like him get that done well you know listen there's a lot going on in intercollegiate athletics right now, right? So you have an Alston case that, that was just yeah. decided by the Supreme Court. You have name, image, and likeness. You have the open transfer policies. Here's something that folks may not realize. Mississippi State is going to wire transfer probably close to $700,000 to the NCAA because of our regional and super regional attendance, right? 
this, this event that we have here, this great College World Series that is run by the NCAA and superbly done, is going to make significant revenue over and above expenses. The people competing in it, outside of maybe one or two teams, the, the kids competing in it on, are on fractional, tiny scholarships. Um, you know, the first thing our first-round draft picks do is they go pay off their student loans. I think we, you know, that was said in your documentary. Um, I just think it's a real shame, and I think it's apples and oranges, and I think it's real easy to say, well, if you do it for baseball, you got to do it for all that. Well, you know, there's a reason why football and the basketballs exist in their own right. It's because there's profit made. Well, there's not as much profit made, but there's certainly profit made in the sport as well. I, I think it's time. It breaks my heart. I look at these parents in this lobby right now and how much money they are spending just to be able to watch their kids compete. Sure. We're allowed to provide for our football and our basketball parents, not in baseball. So not only are the kids and the parents paying the major portion of their bills to go to college to put that Mississippi State jersey on, but also the parents are paying an astronomical amount to come support their own child at a championship like this. So it, it's not even, it's not right. I, I, and I'm going to do everything my, to my last dying breath to, to try and do something about it. It's not anybody's fault. I want to make that clear, Matt. It's nobody's fault. There are loopholes that are out there that exist. Um, I, I just want everybody to have those opportunities for those loopholes. John Cohen on your radio, Athletics Director of Mississippi State. We're at the Team Hotel, which is downtown, for a good golfer, maybe a driver, and maybe a three-wood uh, to TD Ameritrade. I can see the park. Maybe right you. There. Maybe yeah. you, me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to. It's gonna take me three shots to get well, it in the ballpark. You were a left-handed. I was hitter, a left-hander. Yeah. So you hit the golf ball left-handed. I That's right. And you have a natural slice then. Therefore, <laughs> right? Most lefties. There's nothing natural about my <laughs> golf swing. Well, it worked in baseball, and, that, and so you chose the right sport, I guess. But yeah, so we're really close. And um, I talked to Everett earlier, and he's been here a bunch. You know. Um, responsible for getting the team from here to there, all this. He talked about having batting practice on the field because it's now there's no early game. It, how big of a deal is that for the players to, instead of whatever you go through, whether it's BP or practice somewhere else, to now get to do it over there, weather permitting? Yeah, I I, I think at this time of year it really it, it's 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 a luxury that you can do without. Okay. You know, you just hit in the cage, you get the kids' arms ready. They're, they're ready to play baseball. After 60-something games. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. They're, they're, these kids are ready to play baseball, and, and, you know, neither Vanderbilt nor Mississippi State would, would miss a beat by not having a full BP. I know Chris really likes it. Uh, I know the players like it as a means to just get their bodies going and everything else, but I don't, I don't think it plays a huge – in fact, there were times – Matt, where I would hope that we wouldn't have BP because I think it gives our kids just a little bit more rest, mm. a little bit more time to relax before they go out there and compete. You mentioned Chris um, and this opportunity for you to brag on him, and I know you will, but I think it's justified. You know, I look at – I have looked at these little moves, John, um, and I guess a coach, a manager, that's what you're, it's what you're basing things on is – Pulling the right string at just the right time, and, and at times the whole world will question it, and then bang, it works out. You know, we're going to pinch run Skinner the other night, put him in there. We hadn't run the whole ball game. The catcher's asleep, basically. You know, the pitcher's not even checking him. Boom, he takes second base. And a guy who hadn't even been playing it, we pinch hit three in, or, or put him in a game three innings earlier, gets a game-winning hit. I asked Chris about it. You know what he said? 
Well, it's easy to say you're making the right moves when your players play good. Yeah. He's he's humble. I think it's natural. I don't think he's putting on. Well, I he he is a great strategist. He is a great motivator with the kids. The kids respect him. Um but he, he's also encouraging. I'm telling you, I, I this is what you get for being 54 years old, Matt. I have the vantage point of I played for this legend, Ron Polk, right? And I see Chris, and Chris to me is a modern-day Ron Polk because Coach Polk had this way of making you feel confident, making you feel better about yourself. Uh, he was never going to really jump hard on you or anything, but but you knew he meant business all at the same time. You'd run through a wall for Ron Polk. I see the same thing with, with uh, Chris Lamonis. These kids are willing to do anything it takes to for, for Chris Lamonis. And, and let's be real honest, too. Um, Chris did a wonderful job of assembling the staff. When you talk about Fox and Gotro and Cheese, these, these guys are excellent. All Everybody on the staff is, is really good. And, you know, I just think they work well together. You just see the emotion. You know, when they win the big, big ball games, them coming together. These guys spend more time with each other than they ever spend with their own families. And, you know, I hate to say it that way, but I I feel that way about the Butch Thompsons, the the Nick Mingiones, the the Lane Burr. I spent more time with these guys than my own family, and they become part of your family. And they've just done an incredible job. So follow up. How do they, and maybe this is linked to that, how do they win these one-run games? How do they win these come-from-behind games? Well, I, I, there's a combination of things. Number one, you've got to have swing and miss on the mound. To, to win close one-run games, you got to have guys who can put hitters away and not have a ball in play. You know, So, you know, I'm not a social media guy. I'm just assuming here. We, we hit the big hop. Tanner hits the big hop ground ball down the third base side. It leaps over the third baseman's head. And the average fan on social media who might not be a Mississippi State fan is going to say, those guys are so lucky. Is it lucky? We put seven more balls in play. Right. So our, our strikeouts offensively versus our strikeouts on the mound are seven more than Texas. That's seven more balls in play that give you a chance to get the lucky bounce for you to score the run. It, it, this game's not about luck. It's about numbers. And you're looking at a you're looking at a pitching staff that's getting really close to 800 strikeouts. They already set the all-time record for strikeouts in the history yeah. of college baseball. They're, they're nine strikeouts, I think, away from 800 strikeouts. And, and at the same time, as a lineup that's not striking out. That's right. And, and that gap of strikeouts, I think it's I can't remember the exact number, but yeah. at one point it was 360. You know the gap. That's unbelievable. I, again, I'm kind of a numbers guy, and I'm looking out through the history of college baseball, and it's hard to find numbers from the 70s and 60s, but I think it's the biggest gap in the history of college baseball. Yeah. Well, and it makes sense. You know, you hear um, people talking about how hard it is to strike out State's lineup. So in in that you know frame of mind, with Rowdy and Tanner Allen at the top, they say hitting is contagious. You get guys that are following those guys, and they sort of set the tone for all these younger guys in the lineup, don't they? They really do. And those two guys, out of the 27 guys that are going to be in our dugout today, who are players, student-athletes, there are six of them who had ever played one SEC game before this year. Uh, I want that to set in just for a second. Well, that's right. I mean, McLeod, Bednar, uh, Logan Tanner, Cameron James, they played a little bit last year, but it was not against the SEC Cup. No. So we're in Omaha, and we're about to compete for a national championship. This is how good our coaching staff is, and this is how good our roster is. 
we're about to compete for a national championship with 27 guys, only six of whom, 21 of whom, had never played one inning of SEC baseball before this year. And, and, you know, before the season, everybody had us ranked really high, and Kyle Peterson, very wisely, um, you know, was saying, I just, I like the roster, I like their talent, but... Boy, you got to give some credit to experience, and they don't have any. And I thought he was very wise when he said that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, uh, it just it speaks to the job that Lamonis and his staff have done. You know, when, when like, you know, again, when he calls them up to go in into the eighth inning and reminds everybody, listen, you know, the guys who've been here can speak to it. The last six outs are the hardest ones to get. Then immediately people, I think his kids light up and go, the pressure's on them. Right. Us. Right. I think it's a brilliant move on his part. Yeah. And, again, they pushed all the right buttons. I just love Fox. Fox has made tremendous mound visits, lowering that heart rate of that guy on the mound and telling him that they're going to get it done and convincing him exactly how they're going to get it done. I, I couldn't be more proud of these guys. Win, lose, or draw in these next two games. And, of course, we'd love for them all to be wins. Sure. And this is going to be a challenge of a lifetime. Because of what's transpired in the last 48 hours, it becomes an even bigger mountain to climb. Nobody's fault. It's just how it's happened. Um, but the fact that you're right, Leiter doesn't pitch on Saturday. It changes the whole thing for for Vanderbilt. Um, we're still going to go out there and give it everything we got. If, if 20,000 people out of... 26,000 are pulling for you. That's got to count for something. It right? matters. There's no question that matters. Um, I, I think every kid feels that. But at the same time, more the amount of pitches that you got into a pitching staff that had to pitch on Saturday and had to pitch on Friday, that 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 has me a little bit concerned as a former coach as well because you need to protect those guys. What What is hanging the balance is a national championship. What else is hanging the balance? The future of all these kids. Right. So you, you got to take all that into consideration. Um, and I know our coaching staff will. How do you, um, if you're the coach or if you're a hitter, how do you approach lighter tonight? Is it, well, I'm going to be patient? Or is it, you know, if I'm patient, he'll throw 130 pitches and beat us. I'm going to be aggressive and hunt a fastball. Well, what is it? I will tell you, the last time we competed against him, I thought we did a great job. You know, he went through the little span. He's one of the best in the country, if not the best. He went through a little span where I think he gave up eight home runs and three starts. Um, I, listen, is he beatable? Of course, anybody's beatable. He's going to be on seven days full rest, right? Um, he's going to be a handful. you got to hope that he's not in the strike zone. Any pitcher that's, you know, that, that, that's uh, executing pitches on both sides of the plate, they're going to win. Yeah. you got to hope that he's not doing that. you got to hope that uh, Mac is out there, with, you know, landing the breaking ball and getting early contact and getting quick outs, getting uh, swing and miss when we need it the most you got to hope all those things happen. And, listen, there's a little bit of luck that's involved, but the numbers feed into that luck. So you got to put yourself in a position to have some, some opportunities. Yeah. Well, John, it's great to catch up with you. Uh, you're always kind of give me some time on the radio, even short notice. Um, uh, I appreciate that. And this is a heck of a scene, you know, to come here to the hotel. <laughs> I mean, it is 120. The game's not until 6. And there are three times as many people as are here as there were uh, an hour and a half ago when I started this. Yeah. Our fans are just the best. I mean, they just are the best, Matt. They just, what, what they do for our kids, what they do for Mississippi State, I, we just can't thank them enough. Yeah. I saw Coach Polk a little bit ago. <laughs> he was booking it through as fast as his legs would take him. Because, and, and I caught it with him real quick. I think what it was is he knows if I'm not careful, I'll get 
I'll stop, I'll stop in here and start talking and never get finished. Like yeah. He'll never get where he's going. Yeah. It'll be pictures and selfies and everything. <laughs> I tell you what, it's just such a pleasure to have him here because the, the amount of knowledge, the things that he's experienced, you know, here in, in Omaha, he's just – yeah. He's a, such a recognizable figure here. He can't walk down the street. We were having dinner together last night without, you're right, visiting with a lot of folks. But he really enjoys that part, too. Sure. John, thank you. Thank you, Matt. Good to see you. That's John Cohen. He's the athletics director at Mississippi State. He's got places to go and people to see and the phone ringing off the hook and so on and so forth. So good to talk baseball with Coach Cohen. Uh, I'm going to continue this conversation uh, coming up with some others who are here. We'll see who stops by. And Jay Powell, who is a you know, former first-rounder, won a World Series with the Mar- and he's the analyst on the radio for Mississippi State. Jay was uh, around the corner having some lunch earlier. Uh, he'll get back, get ready for the ball game, maybe plop down with us at some point before we get done. Uh, this is kind of where the foot traffic is today. Um, well, well, really, this time of day, because the ball game is not until 6 p.m. tonight. But also, uh, it's the foot traffic is indoors because um, – Outdoors, we've had a little flash of rain, a pop-up thunderstorm that really dumped a lot of water on Omaha over the last hour. And, and I am curious about that, something that John brought up. He was looking at his radar as he sat down for this interview because it's something I hadn't thought of. He very uh, um, sincerely said, I hope they had the tarp on the field. Because, I mean, look, it, it would change the field conditions and require a lot of work frankly, on the field in a short amount of time if they didn't have that tarp on the field with the amount of water that just fell here in Omaha over the last 25 to 30 minutes. I can tell you that much. Very interesting. All right. Rolling along about halfway through the show now. Long ways to go with you live here on this Monday from Omaha in the lobby of the team hotel. Bulldog fans all over the place, including my friend, the sheriff, the high sheriff of Lee County, Jim Johnson, and young Jimmy walking through the lobby. Hey, Jimmy, good to see you, man. They're here for ball. And we'll throw out first pitch in about five and a half hours from right now. Y'all stick around. Do you have any idea what time it is? It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Here we go, back with you. We're about halfway through the show because it's a three-hour deal, right? Started at noon, so we're about halfway through, and uh, that means we got a long ways to go. And we still got even farther to go until we get to first pitch, but there seems to be just there's an energy going on around here, and I hope you guys can understand it as you hear it on the radio and online, however you're tuning in, wherever you're listening. Got a friend of mine sitting here with me. He's in the hotel. We're at uh, the uh, Hilton, downtown Omaha, right across the street from the baseball stadium. This is the team hotel. And a friend of mine, Bart Harris, with the Mississippi Land Bank. Land Bank! Is on <laughs> your radio. What's up, Bart? What's up, Matt? So y'all came in when? We got here, uh, I guess, Thursday. Oh, Drove really? all day Thursday. And we're, I'm trying to make my days right. We played Friday against Texas and then Saturday against Texas. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, it was so back we got here well, Thursday. We played the games. You know, State played the games they're supposed to play to get to the finals, and not everybody had to do yeah, that. Yeah, not everybody got to do that. You know, some teams <laughs> just got a free pass. I like how you said that. Not everybody got to do that. Yeah. Like it yeah. was well, you a know, benefit. You know what? If you want to line up and win the championship, let's go out there and beat the best. Well, you know, honestly, and then we're not joking here when we say there's always been this saying, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. I, 
you know, I, I hate to tell Vandy, but we're good, too. <laughs> and we're going to settle it on the field, yeah. unlike what happened on that side of the bracket. Yeah, it's, uh, I saw a lot of um, – so we've been here for a while, got to take the kids to the zoo yesterday, which is phenomenal. Oh, is it? If you haven't been at Omaha zoo. zoo, it's the real deal. Lots of NC State fans still in town, and all of them still saying, go dogs, go is dogs, right? go get them. You know what? They're very bitter. And they should be, yeah. Bard. And I've noticed that, you know, State fans – not that anybody wanted to play NC State. I honestly felt like NC State looked like the best baseball team here. When they were playing, they looked like the best team here, top to bottom. They they beat Arkansas two out of three, who looked like the best team all year long. Yep. They beat Vandy here with when they had their baseball team. Correct. Right? Yes. And who Vandy's the defending champs. The NC State looked good. And now it's like so it's not like state fans really wanted to play NC State. But because of what happened, I sense that all state fans uh, not felt sorry for, but support NC State. Yeah, it was tough. You know, you're getting ready for that Friday game. And uh, I guess they were playing there. NC State and Vandy were playing. And NC State had the pitcher yeah. playing first base. It right. went two for two to start off the well, game. Well, went three for three. Three for three in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy. And, and had so not everybody, had a single at bat all year long. You have to be pulling for those guys at that point in time. I mean, they got 13 players dressed out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to bash the NCAA because I think we could do it all day long, but it's a bit ridiculous. And doggone, uh, Bart Harris with Mississippi Land Bank sitting here. We're just chatting up. I ran into Bart here in the hotel lobby. Bart, I missed an opportunity. Right where you're sitting, John Cohen was sitting there talking, you know, just a few minutes ago. You've got a good lineup. You went John Cohen, Bart Harris. Yes. You know, probably next you'll have Donald One-two Trump. punch. It's like yeah. Rowdy, Jordan, Tanner Allen. One-two. <laughs> now, anyway, so somebody suggested that Mississippi State should put a North Carolina State patch or that Wolf logo on their shirt and I for the game and for this series. And I should have asked John Cohen what – Maybe, we, maybe our players can just do the little wolf pack symbol with their hands, you know. The hey, it's sort of the you know the upright version of the hook'em horns there you go. in Texas. There you go. That might be confusing. No, I don't know what the hand signals are, you know, in this game. I just know Vanderbilt's pretty good. Hey, all right. So for you as a fan, you came on Thursday, um, and we and decided I, to either stay till we win a championship or the money runs out, and they're getting pretty close <laughs> on both. <laughs> <laughs> we are right down to the wire, huh, Mr. Harris? It's not a, it's not the cheapest of vacations, but boy, it's fun. And uh, we wanted to, my wife and I wanted to bring our boys, and they're right at the right age. My seven-year-old, we actually drove up the day of his seventh birthday, yeah. and uh, he's been on cloud nine, fired up. The first place we got here Thursday night, we go to dinner, and then we go to a little ice cream place in the old market, and who comes walking in but Rowdy Jordan and Landon Sims and oh, wow. a couple other guys and. Uh, so he was beaming from ear to ear, yeah. got a good picture and stuff. So the whole thing's been worth it. How hard was it to get tickets, or was it difficult? Well, it, when you come early, it's not too bad. Uh-huh. And I had uh, took rolled the dice, so to speak, and gone ahead and bought my championship series tickets. Okay. Uh, so I didn't have to – I've seen what prices are now, and I've – I wish I would have bought 12 so I could sell well, some extra and, ones. Hey, you got something of value in case the money <laughs> did run out. That's you can right. sell some tickets and get back home, I That's guess. right. Uh, uh, I felt really bad for those folks, a story that popped up. Um, you know, several people tweeted about it, including one fan, uh, Colton uh, Swatson, uh, tweeted that they were just gutted because they were in line. I saw the people in line. When I drove by there this morning yeah. at like 630, I couldn't believe they're in line. 
like yeah. 12 hours before they were like, what are they waiting on? They must be waiting to buy tickets. And then he tweeted that somebody came out and told him, we're not selling any tickets. It's ridiculous. And they were there all night long in line. Yeah, I've, tickets. I've heard from a few people that were planning to leave Starville last night or this morning or, or drive halfway last night and uh, said they backed out at last minute because they saw what ticket prices were. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I lucked up in the ticket department. But I will say Omaha as a whole, if you ever get the chance to make this trip, it's kind. Uh, we were talk- I was talking with some buddies about different NCAA events. I've never been to a Final Four, but I've been to a lot of bowl games. I've even been to a national championship game. Uh, and as far as an event that's put on, mm-hmm. this is this is by far the best one. I think just because of how the city embraces the event. Uh-huh. Like everybody in Omaha en- enjoys yeah. the College World Series, enjoy the people here. Sure. And yeah. they like that we come because we bring a lot of people. A lot of people and bring a lot of money so, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um, they know that people like me are burning through their savings account. <laughs> <laughs> Bart Harris, Bart's with the Mississippi Land Bank. Uh, you can check them out, mslandbank.com. So anybody tuning in online, uh, live stream, listening online, listening to the stream, or wherever, if you're uh, ever in the need for land or any kind of land need in, in North Mississippi, buying or selling, make sure you go there. They're the kind of people that you want to do business with, and, and uh, that's why I, I choose to tell you about them. Hey, as I'm driving out, uh, Everett Kennard, the bus driver, yeah. he said the same thing. He said, you know – I've seen some people say, ah, the whole drive's boring. I see nothing but corn. Everett goes, I'm sitting here as a guy who grew up on a farm. He said, and I find it fascinating. I love it. Uh, it is some of the most beautiful farm scenery you will ever see driving out here. Right. And if you grow up around farming in Mississippi, you're either mostly primary in the Mississippi Delta or over in the prairie section, kind of around Starville, Knoxby County, where the land's relatively flat. Yeah. You get up in this part of the country and you see these rolling hills and how they farm on this stuff. It's very fascinating and it very fascinating. beautiful. Uh, lots of old country farm-style homes. Yeah. Uh, we left real early on, my, on, on Thursday at like 4 in the morning. I probably listened to about 12 different podcasts on the way up. Just <laughs> And the kids and the wife slept pretty much yeah. the whole way. Right. But uh, I, I, do, I do enjoy the drive. Um, you know, there were even you know parts of Tennessee there. I was looking at where... You know, the, the, the geography really changes. Um, you know, where I live, parts of north Mississippi, like from Tupelo up to Corinth, uh, you know, a lot of the, the farmland, the way it's laid out and sectioned, it looks similar. And then, like you say, you get up into, like, McNary County, yeah. Tennessee, where it becomes hilly. Oh, yeah. And now I'm looking and, you know, you got people that have planted stuff on these terrace things on the sides of hills yeah. and then there's their house in the middle of it it's different <laughs> you know depending yeah. on where you live it's a very beautiful scene uh, for sure yeah. and uh but we were excited to be here sure are well it's neat bart and it's good to meet your family too oh yeah um now your your, your boys their names are charlie and luke okay and they're and, wild well luke and we have a my wife's pregnant with our third we have a daughter on the way i did not know that <laughs> Congratulations. And, uh, I'm kind of, I mean, like, I should go ahead and say this on the air, and that way it becomes official. I'm kind of leaning towards, even though it's a girl, that if uh, we went a natty, that we got to name her Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> Bart, are you being serious? I shouldn't have my wife, it. My wife's never let me name our children. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. You, uh, well, it'd be okay. No offense to any girls out there named Tanner. I'm no, just saying. No offense. <laughs> it's a great name. 
but you know, and it would definitely have some meaning. Be better than naming a girl Rowdy. I'll just put it that way. That's that's probably true. Well, that let me tell you, as a dad of a little girl who she's nine years old, but she's still my little girl. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, And you've got two boys, okay, and and that's special. Uh, But let me just tell you something, buddy. When that little girl gets here. (laughs) You ain't ever going to be the same. I in bet a, not. In all the best ways. I bet There's not. There's nothing like it. That little girl it, uh, looks up at you and says, Daddy, for the first time, you just think you're spending money. <laughs> and, and and now it bothers you to spend you It ain't even going to bother you to spend it. Well, it doesn't bother me to spend it to come to Mississippi State events. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. great. That's well, great. I appreciate you plugging the land bank. We, yeah. uh, we love what we do at the Mississippi Land Bank. We love the customers we serve. We've got a... A uh, really good product we sell. We work with some of the be- finest people uh, in the state of Mississippi and across the country. Well, and Bart, you know, honestly, like it's about trust of, yep. of people. Uh, when somebody like me has a question or a need or a thought, you know, frankly, there are phone numbers of all kinds of places, right? There's a phone number and maybe somebody I know. But if I, if I have a question and I know I call you, I can trust you. If I call Craig, I can, I can trust Mr. Craig, you know. Yes, sir. If I call Matthew in Tupelo at Lambank, I can trust Matthew, you know. And He's on his way here. Is he really? Yeah, which is With very, a car full. Yeah, and he's very tight, so I'm, I couldn't imagine he's coming <laughs> to spend the money. Well, notice he waited until the day of. That's right. He didn't even come in yesterday and get That's a hotel right. room. He's coming today, <laughs> watch the game, and then we'll get up hotel. here. Yeah. Bart came on Thursday and risked it all. Risked and it all. Maybe it'll work out. Well, we decided this would be the summer vacation for the year. So Go big or go home. There you go. You've got you go. the zoo in there also. Uh, was, and then the zoo is a great time. Highly recommend it. Okay. Got the children's museum. they got a nice children's museum here. Is that right? Yeah. That's good to know. All right, Bart, good to talk to you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate everything. See you, man. That's Bart Hail Harris. Hail State. Hail State. That's Bart Harris, Mississippi Land Bank. Hanging out with the fam. Fam's going to get bigger real quick, real soon. Maybe we'll have a little Tanner running around the Harris household real soon. Just getting started with y'all here today, live from Omaha. Stick around. Are you ready? Brace yourself. Now back to the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, back with you live in Omaha, Nebraska. You got Mississippi State versus Vandy tonight, game one of the National Championship Series, and you know, I, I I don't know that Vandy's favored, but I figure that, that they will be with Jack Leiter on the mound. Um, they really, the truth about it is, Vandy ought to be favored, I think, overall. Um, you're looking at a team with five of the last six national, cha- I'm sorry, five of the last six number one recruiting classes, number one in the country, five of the last six years have gone to Vandy. Uh, they're the defending national champs. they got players on the team, including Kumar Rocker, who were a part of that national title in 2019. Vandy, you know, they probably are the best team top to bottom in terms of talent here. But everything else seems to be on state side, like mojo and momentum and confidence and certainly, you know, the buzz here in Omaha. Like you could – Bill, I'm telling you, State fans outnumber Vandy fans here in Omaha 10-1, to 1, and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah, well, they've been known to show up now. Let me tell yeah. you, man, just incredible. Hey, if y'all are tuning in, two things. Listen closely. <laughs> Listen closely. 
The country please and text line. Y'all can text me. I can see them. I'm sitting here in the lobby, uh, people all around me, but I've got these headphones on, the, the, the headset. Therefore, it kind of keeps some of the noise out of my ears, and I can hear myself think, and I can hear um, you when you talk to me on the phone line, but also text me on the country please and text line. I can read those, 885-ESPN, 601 number. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. The rain, Bill, has picked back up Uh-oh. outside the hotel here. Yes, yeah, raining again here in downtown Omaha. Get it all um, done before 6. Yeah, right. Or as one person just walked up during the commercial break and pointed out, he said, hey, pray for it to start raining like this tonight in about the third inning. And I said, why? <laughs> he said, because then we can have a long rain delay and they can't bring Jack Leiter back out onto the mound for go. Vandy. I thought, hmm, I didn't think of that. No, um, uh, this weekend, Bill, all right, so for those listening, if you're in the Jackson metro area, you know that um, the sister station to uh, the station you're hearing me on right now is 99 Jams. So, yep. Bill, y'all had a big remote out at C Spire in Clinton yes. on Saturday. Yes. And I had gone the day before and loaded up like a couple of coolers full of good stuff, sausage <laughs> and pork chops and everything from Country Meat Packers and Country Please and Sausage there in Florence, Mississippi. And so I came and brought a bunch of it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a text. Your- Here's what happened. I got a text message from Matt saying, Bring a cooler to your remote. I'll get some ice. I've got something for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, you brought the cooler. I brought the ice and, and, the, food. and the stuff to put it in the food, put in the cooler. <laughs> Lots of uh, different flavors of country pleasing sausage. Um, and some, get this, y'all, some pork chops oh. stuffed with crab meat. Oh. And, and, Bill, you and your wife, y'all prepared and ate those, right? Yeah, Saturday night we had those. And, my goodness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice the to have something deal. with some real crab meat in it because, you know, some of that stuff you get these days is not real. Right, sure. But this is wonderful. It was a big, thick pork chop that had been cut a piece out of and the crab meat stuffed up inside there. And you stick it in the uh-huh. oven, man. Oh, goodness. Buddy. Yeah, it was good. It is good. Hey, and I saw the so, video of what you cooked. Uh-huh. It's Friday. That's what I was going to tell you about. <laughs> I saw that so video. The, <laughs> so the night before, I gave you that stuff. At my in-laws there in Vicksburg, I prepared two things that were similar, okay? One was build a pork tenderloin mm. stuffed with um, – Mac and cheese, the like a special version of Country Meat Packers mac and cheese. So it's a pork tenderloin stuffed with macaroni and cheese, wrapped in bacon. There's the important part. <laughs> right, wrapped, wrapped in bacon, in bacon, which is the Country Meat Packers bacon, and it was two pork chops mm. that were stuffed with country pleasing sausage. Yeah. And I cooked all of it the same way. I put all three things in a huge pan, kind of kept them separated, but they were in the same pan. Uh, put the, a little olive oil on top of all of it, put the oven on 350, and then stuck them in there. And initially I did 45 minutes, and then I let it go for like 10 more minutes. And uh, Yeah, I did mine for about t- an hour. It was better that way. Was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought if I ever did it again, I probably would do it about an hour. Yeah. Um, but let me tell you, man, that um, 
that pork tenderloin stuff with their mac and cheese, their mac and cheese was a special thing. Like it's macaroni and cheese, several different kinds of cheese, but it also had cream cheese and it had a little mm. sausage mixed in there with it. Well, I know when you and cut it open and opened it up there and that's that all that ran out, I went, oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, but it, it, it was a real deal. <laughs> that was a deal mouth-watering now. video you had there, my friend. Okay, and I gave one similar to that to my brother-in-law, Rob Morgan. Rob was my teammate at Mississippi State. Uh, he married my wife's sister, and he's a football coach at Warren Central in Vicksburg now. I gave him one similar, you know, and, and Bill, what it was, was a, a um, it was chicken breast stuffed with macaroni and cheese oh. wrapped in bacon. Goodness. Okay, so not pork tenderloin, but chicken, and he loved it. Well, he, people people got to know if they see that video that you were not only showing what you cook, but you're showing the store down there in Florence and yeah. all the good stuff on the shelves, and it was amazing. It, it really is amazing. Like, uh, just the sheer volume of things that are available to you there at Country Meat Packers. You, you just have to kind of see it. That video Bill's talking about, y'all can see it on Facebook. Um, yeah. It's a few days back. I, I, I have a lot of different videos each day. But uh, just go to Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. And it'll Friday be afternoon. Yeah, Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and also this text. morning now, this morning, uh, you know, I made some sausage this morning for breakfast. Oh, yeah, for breakfast. Yeah. a baby. Yeah. Black pepper and cheddar. The black pepper and cheddar. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, uh, my theory is that if you are selling a house and somebody's coming to look at your house, you're going to show your house, try to sell it. You know what you ought to do? Cook, is up cook some a little. Of that sausage. <laughs> yeah, cook a little of that maple sausage in the house in, uh, before you, anybody comes in there. And you'll sell your house. Uh, Joe Pesci texted the show and he says, uh, "I hope State wins. I just don't feel good about this." <laughs> How about that? Um, let's see. Unnamed texture said the crab stuffed pork chops from Country Meat Packers are amazing. Well, Bill can certainly speak to that. Magnolia Thibodeau says, what kind of slaw is on the country pleasing dog at Duty Noble? Going to have burgers and sausage dogs for the game tonight. Oh, that's a good question, Thibodeau. Let me see if I can find you an answer. It may require a text uh, here between now and uh, the next segment. Well, that'll actually be the top of hour three. But let me see if I can find you an answer. And we'll see. What's that, Bill? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, we'll be starting hour three there. Yeah, yeah it'll be hour three, but I'll see if I can find an answer, Thibodeau. If I can get it, I'll either text you back or I'll put it on the radio. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, LOL, can I get a pork chop stuffed with a cheeseburger? There you go. Hold on one, hold on one second. Hold on. Oh. Um, yeah, no, um, yeah. You know, uh, it's like um, if we're not careful, it's like, you know, a few Squirrel. years ago, we, yeah, we went on this, uh, yeah, that's what that was. If we're not careful, it's like a few years ago, we went on this craze of frying everything. You know, like we'd fry Twinkies and we were frying, yeah. we'd, we'd put a Snickers yeah. yeah, put a Snickers bar to deep fryer. Yeah, if we're not careful, we're going to go Ice on a cream. craze of, we're just going to stuff everything with something. A pork chop stuffed with a cheeseburger. Let me tell you, man, that's about what it was like. Um, it, it's, it's really good. You ought to try it. 
Let me see here. I'm finishing my text. What kind of slaw is on the sausage dog? Well, I typed fog. That wouldn't make any sense. What kind of slaw is on the sausage fog? Sausage dog. <laughs> Duty noble. I'm typing this in a fog. <laughs> I sort of am, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, and listen, uh, I know music's about to start, and so that'll wrap it up for hour two here. And some of our listeners who listen via replay, uh, you'll leave us after this, and that's fine. Next thing you'll hear is tomorrow recapping game one, hopefully. I mean, it's raining its rear end off in Omaha right now, but hopefully that gets on out of here. We'll just have to kind of see how it goes. Um, if you're listening live, you're going to stick around. Listening live and coming up in about ten minutes from right now, get a chance to talk to Jay Powell. Jay is a former first-round pick out of Mississippi State. Uh, you know, he won a World Series with the Marlins. He was on the mound for Game 7 of that series, 1997. Got himself a World Series championship ring with them. Interesting, uh, Jay was actually – uh, teammates in the major leagues with uh, Al Leiter, uh, Jack Leiter's dad, who they feature on ESPN a lot while Jack Leiter's pitching, and I'm sure tonight it'll be the same way uh, here in Omaha. So that's something to look forward to as we get ready to start hour number three if you're able to stick around for that. If not, have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow. If you can, stay with me in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team, stay with me.